What's up, everybody? Welcome to Over the Top. This time, the Premier League has actually resumed. No more World Cup. I am kind of sad about it, but we're all excited for the Premier League to be back. We've missed a few match weeks given the holidays, but we're here to catch you all up on the state of play as well, Justin, with some January transfer news. Mm. What's up, man? How is it going? The Prem is back. We have some drama. I mean, what's the Prem without drama, right? I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't exist. So we live for the drama. But no, I'm good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm a neutral. So I, I really like to observe all of the headaches that all the other big teams fans are like Arsenal drawing to Newcastle. Oh, my God, the world's ending. You know, City and United play this weekend. Spurs, they don't know how to play a first half, but they can play second halves. All these different things, right? And who do they play this weekend? Spurs? Oh, uh, yeah, they play little Arsenal. Uh-huh. Well, we'll get uh, into all that. A lot happening. I mean, I think we've missed what, like, two uh, what's match the last record? Yeah, it was right or after the holidays, right? Yeah, I think so. Or maybe it was know. right before right before, Christmas. Right before Christmas, yeah. yeah. Right after the World Cup. Right. Premier League hadn't started then. I mean, there have been pretty much, like, games every day ever since the Premier League did start back up, so... Uh, we missed a couple match weeks, but we didn't really miss that much time on in terms of a calendar. Right. So that's just how it goes. Well, I mean, there's so many places we could start, but I've been so excited because you love to talk about this topic. <laughs> Chelsea are sucking, Kyle. Let's not beat around the bush. They're straight ass cheeks right now. Straight ass cheeks. I mean, mid one win, ass cheeks. Yeah, tenth place. No, no exaggeration there nope. behind Brighton, which Graham Potter left Brighton for, but that's neither here nor there. One win since October 16th. And yes, there was a World Cup break, but you still played until November and they've played since. The only one win that they've had in the Premier League specifically is against Bournemouth. So it doesn't even count. They're bad. They've been bad and they're bad. What's going on with Chelsea, Kyle? I mean, big fat question mark. Uh, like, is it fair to say there's a bit of an identity crisis going on at Chelsea? Like, is that is that over the top? Is that is that a oh, that's 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 right in line. That's not over the top at all. I mean, I mean, seriously though, it it feels like it's it's weird because as for all the issues around like Roman Abramovich, he ran the club pretty well. I mean, both in terms of how ruthless he was, but how much money he spent, he made the right decisions too, generally, but. It really starts from the top on this one. And it's interesting because you've got your new ownership who wants to make a statement. We're going to do the the Arsenal and Chelsea, uh, Arsenal and Tottenham thing of like bring up young players. Spurs can't actually say that anymore. What am I saying? Yeah. Bring up young players, buy them young, improve them, create your stars. That's never been Chelsea. I mean, in our entire lifetimes. And it's definitely a rough patch no matter what because we're. They're spending all this money on these overpriced players who are still young and relatively unproven, not all of them, but it's it's been a mess. They're not scoring goals no. in the back. Don't dominate games in the midfield as much as they used to. It's hard to know where to start with them. Yeah, your last point, do- dominating the midfield, I'm sure the Conte injury has hurt them, right? Like yeah. he hasn't basically played all season. That's not the only reason they're sucking. There's many reasons, but him that's a massive hole to fill yep. his work rate and 
under Tuchel specifically, he was more of a box to box rather than like the CDM that you're accustomed to seeing for maybe France or Leicester specifically. But yeah, I mean, Kovacic, it's a drop off. Mason Mount plays a little higher, right? I mean, he's Jorginho been on bad form. Is not- Mason Mount. Right. Correct. Jorginho, again, not, I wouldn't say he's been in great form either. He seems like he's falling off. Aging is probably a better yeah. way to put it. Aging's a better word. Yeah. I Lost think- a step. I, I think the big injury is uh, Reese James. You know, that yeah. is huge for Chelsea. Like, I think a lot of Chelsea fans would actually say he's maybe even their most important player. And I don't think that's crazy to say. Would you also, I would take it a step further. Would you say he's their best attacking threat? <laughs> I mean, it's look, not a crazy, it's not a crazy question. No, because when you're talking about, I mean, Liverpool is great attackers too, but you'd still throw Trent in there and it's the same uh-huh. line of thinking. I mean, Trent and Reese James's ability to, to produce offensively from wing back or even just send it back four is just insane. And not having Chilwell, another one and Reese James has just been really brutal. And Cucurella, I think has kind of struggled to make that. He's step been up. bad. Let's just call it as it is. He's been bad recently in this run of form. He has been. I mean, a lot of their new signings have been bad. I don't think Koulibaly's been that great. You know, we acted like, I mean, all of us, even me as a Chelsea hater, I thought they were buying the dominant center back of Serie A, but he looks really slow at pace in the Premier League and not as dominant as like, I, I don't know. I mean, Van Dyke or company levels, or even for not as good of a player like Romero, still even seems a little more dominant than him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Saliba, you know, cool. Bali has oh, Saliba's been really good, but yeah, yeah but he hasn't point. been playing as well as any of those guys. So, um, I know Mendy has been both injured and in and out of form. I mean, Keppa's played more than him, by pretty the well, way, though. pretty well. By the way, that Keppa goal he gave up this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Should he have? Should he have saved that? I think so. Yeah, you don't, look like he watched it go by him. You don't have love for the boy Keppa, manager in training. I've just <laughs> I've never taken the label of complete bitch off of Keppa. I just it's <laughs> never been ripped off. Say what you want. He really earned that title. <laughs> he really did. I I don't know. He's definitely had some good performances for sure. Yeah. Not gonna, but I just that one goal he gave up. What was that to City? Right this past Thursday, yeah. uh, not the FA Cup or whatever cup FA. I'm pretty sure oh, where they got absolutely the bent over and smashed. But in yeah. the league, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Um, it was Mares who scored, right? I think right. Grealish mm-hmm. and Mares both came on, and I think Grealish just smacked it across. Hoping, I think he said right. this after the post. He's just hoping Holland was somewhere in there, but yeah, went <laughs> I mean, through. I mean, I would do the same. Do the same <laughs> yeah. So yeah, look, Chelsea have some. I mean, I'll go as far to say excuses around the injuries. They are bad. I mean, I think next to Liverpool and Spurs, like Chelsea's injuries have also been some of the worst in the league. I'll give them that, but. I feel like there's a serious Graham Potter conundrum here. And I kind of alluded to it earlier with like identity crisis. I don't think I'm being reactionary or crazy. I do wonder now, like what is Chelsea's identity? Like with Graham Potter, are they seriously gonna stick to their guns and stick to the project? Because people love to talk a good talk about the project not many of these big clubs have the patience that Arsenal has shown in the last three years. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think any of them do. Spurs even don't anymore. 
I mean, the yeah. Arsenal fans didn't even have that patience. Let's give them. No, let's not give them too much credit. They were a lot of them were screaming for Arteta's oh, head yeah. not e- that long ago. Even last season. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so it's. I, I know Todd Bowley, the new owner, has talked good talk about going with the project and more long term vision. But like, let's see how much that how far that talk goes when you're sitting in like twelfth place and it's. February. I mean, that could happen. <laughs> I mean, they're 10th right now. Not that far off. I just, and you see them rumored with everyone in the sun right now, which we'll get to in a second, but just, you know, you sack Tuchel because of the more of the relationship with the owner rather than the performance on the field is what we've been told. He left in six. So, I mean, it was through like six games or something. They were in like sixth place, 10 points. No, no big deal yet. It was crazy. None. Now they're in 10th, they're behind Brighton, they're behind Brentford, they're behind Fulham, not to mention Newcastle, who actually have crazy odds to finish in the top four above right. like Liverpool and Tottenham. Spurs and Chelsea, places. yeah. Maybe even no, definitely Chelsea. Brighton has better odds to finish top four than Chelsea, according to some <laughs> bookmakers right now. Right. That should tell you everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting place to be. Uh, with Chelsea as a club. I mean, and in the same vein, like we've seen this club have these really up and down like seasons, but yeah, I mean, Bowley has shown how ruthless he can be, but Abramovich was like the master at being absolutely ruthless and then going to buy the right manager afterwards. And you kind of alluded to the transfer thing and being linked to everyone. I'm getting major scattershot vibes from this ownership group. And that worries me for Chelsea, not not just for transfers, but like, what if it doesn't go well with, two, with Tuchel, wow, with Potter? Like, who's to say they'll make the right decision then? Like, I could see the ownership group being like, ooh, Jose Mourinho is interesting. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I wonder, like... <laughs> How much Just get a third a third kick at the tires with Mourinho. <laughs> Seriously, who knows? Or like whatever the talk of the town is at that given moment, you know, Bowley could go try to get that manager, even if he's totally not ready, you know? So it's Conte. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Uh here's the thing. I we've we've alluded and there's problems everywhere. You mentioned it earlier, just to summarize all my thoughts and problems with Chelsea. I think it's their attack. I mean, mm-hmm. 20 goals is not good enough. Aubameyang is not cutting the mustard, huh? Aubameyang came over to work with Tuchel because they had a relationship at Dortmund, and he was very good at Dortmund. He left right after, like literally like two days after he signed. <laughs> he got fired. I still can't believe that. And so, you know, he looks lost and without a place in Graham Potter's team. And I don't know if he's giving all of it. I don't, I don't know. We can assume that given previous stops, but he just doesn't look like the same person. Havertz does the job sometimes, but I, I think it's too rich to rely on Havertz, as we saw for Team Germany. Although he did have a good performance for Germany, but don't think you can rely on him as a number nine. No, it's like your you main source of goals. I, you have Raheem Sterling, what's been his main complaint? He can't score, which he did at City, but I mean, Kevin De Bruyne puts it on Erling Holland. Hello. Right. 21 goals. Uh, Sterling is Christian been, Pulisic is yeah. glass boy. So you can't rely on him. Ziyech well, can't even get in the team. No, Mason Mount, as you said, terrible form. Well, who else, like who else do they have to rely? I mean, their goal scoring has been absolutely atrocious. 
what broja like he's injured out yeah for out for the year which is weird so. because like i didn't think i'd be sitting here saying broja being out for the season is like a huge i mean chelsea could go out and buy whoever it sounds <laughs> like they'll do that uh which we'll talk about a little bit more we'll but this second yeah yeah man it's 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 a really interesting one and um Obamiang also just doesn't look like the same player. I, he, it looks like he still has pace, but not like prime peak Obamiang pace. Not Dortmund, Arsenal, not Arsenal Dortmund. pace. Yeah, not even, not even close. But so all that being said, issues up top, not dominating games in the middle, injuries. A lot of the defensive signings are still really up in the air. Potter, who knows what happens there? Chelsea still have the money though. They and have the bank. That is how they use the money. That's one thing. But Chelsea are literally being linked with like every single player under the sun, multiple players over quoted over a hundred million. And Chelsea seem like they're serious about some of those players. We'll talk about it more, but they still they still have that like Abramovich era spending power. I don't know how long it'll last because they don't just have an endless pit of money that he's willing to take a loss on. Or maybe Bully is willing to take a loss. I don't know. There's so much going on. Who knows what the hell is happening with Chelsea? Before their new transfers potentially get integrated, do you see Chelsea turning it around anytime within the next month? And I'm not talking about like turning it around, oh, they're in the top four, but turning it around where they're getting more than one win in the last two months and it's goes, it comes against Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. My guess would be they creep into this really inconsistent stretch. And that's pretty normal for a team that has a manager for like three months. I mean, um, I could see them having some big wins and some equally as frustrating losses as what we've seen recently. So that that's what my guess would be. But I could see it being like win-loss, win-loss, draw, win-loss kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So their next five to wrap up the Chelsea specific at Fulham home, Crystal Palace away, Liverpool home, Fulham again, away, West Ham. I mean, a lot of London teams, a lot of London teams, <laughs> Liverpool, who knows, but Fulham, man, Fulham, right? I, they're above, they're above Chelsea. Right Fulham now. are gunning for that best team in West <laughs> London trophy, you know? Hey, I mean, New rivalry? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that'll be a pretty spicy game, though. But uh, yeah, I think there's there are definitely some wins in there for Chelsea. Yeah. Who knows? Would you rather? Sorry, I, I keep I keep spiraling. Yeah. Would you rather have Aubameyang, Sterling, and Pulisic, or Mitrovic, Willian? <laughs> and who's the other Fulham attacker? I, I just added my insert head. name here. Yeah, insert name here. What would you rather have? Oh, come on, dude. Chelsea, for sure. Although, Aubameyang up top, that would give me some serious issues. I'm not going to lie. I would I would rather start Havertz, I think. I'm not going to lie. Bobby Cordova-Reed, I think, is the other one. Come on, championship player. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's true. I will say, though. (laughs) I will say... I mean, we've been saying we still call him Sausage. Put some respect on Sausage's name. I still love the dude. I think he's a good player, and I think he's more he than is. just a big lump up top. He was a big lump of coal two years ago. Yeah. And then the championship, he got it all turned around. Hence the nickname Sausage. That uh, He really does look like a human sausage. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's the shape of the head for me, yeah, I think. It's yeah. just like it comes, you know. Yeah. All right, enough of that. 
transfer window. We've alluded to it many times. So a couple big ones so far. Cristiano Ronaldo will no longer be a part of the podcast. Insert sad violin here. He is off to Al Nassar FC in Saudi Arabia for a cool at least $200 million per season. Thoughts? Crazy. Crazy, crazy. That's crazy money. I mean, what, what is his weekly wage? Do you know? Uh, Well, math. 200 divided by 52. Mm, like 4 million-ish. At least. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Ronaldo went full like Ronaldo went full live live tournament or whatever whatever what's the what's the golf tournament? Uh LIV. LIV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Honestly, look. Do you think he's a sellout? Oh, for sure. Are you kidding me? Like this I've never been Ronaldo's biggest fan. I don't really hide it. People give me a lot of shit for it. Even I am disappointed by this decision. I mean, what is he doing? Like, even going, well. Making the money, Kyle, is what he's doing. But he's, like, so fit, and, like, he doesn't need this now. This could happen in, like, three, four years, and he's 40-something. <laughs> I just really don't get it, especially with his obsession of, like, Champions League trophies. And ever since moving, he's been talking a lot, and he's made the media really know for sure Oh, there were a lot of European teams in for me. That's a I spin don't zone. Believe, I don't Where believe the fuck? It. Sporting Lisbon, maybe? I mean, I would much rather see him go to sporting, but... They oh, would. I would, for sure. But I'm saying what European teams would be interested, right? Like, Yeah, I know. I know. And the wages, too, to compete. I mean, apparently, MLS's sporting Kansas City was very competitive. Yeah, Ronaldo saw Kansas City and looked more into it and was like, yeah, I'm good. But then yeah, again, he's saying to- that. Where is he going to live? Riyadh? Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, um, yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's a little more cosmopolitan, I think. But no, it's disappointing, man. I, I didn't think the the Ronaldo story would end like this. And look, I, this isn't about Messi and Ronaldo. And I know Ronaldo's two years older, so I think it's unfair to compare. But like, if there was ever a goat discussion, the last two months should really sum it all up for you. I mean, look at the difference in where their career is going, or at least how the end of their career is going. That being said, Ronaldo was really good for United last season, so it's probably harsh, but... I mean, he's probably the only reason they finished so high. Oh, for sure. Really, you know, yeah. but, you know, it's a different season now. It's a different team. It's about the team, too, right? And he's bitching and complaining and not what Ten Hag needs in that dressing room, right? No, and he did the he same thing in Portugal, too, with all these players who, like, look up to him and probably idolize him, you know? And I just... That, yeah. that really disappointed me. Um but yeah, that that Al Nasser squad or whatever the the name is, they've got yeah, some they got good David players. Ospina, on <laughs> they got uh, Luis Gustavo. You might remember him from yeah. his Bayern Munich days. Uh, who else? Uh, Abubakar. But yeah. he uh, he's rumored to his contract might get cut because they signed Ronaldo. We'll see. There's a lot of swirling things going on, but nothing confirmed yet. Yeah, they've got some other players. I'm going to look up the team right now as you keep talking. <laughs> uh, who else do they have? I mean. Saudi league, you know, it's kind of like uh, a lot of players going to China like a decade ago. It's kind of the right. same thing where they have like four kind of crazy players per team. And then everyone else is like a no name. That's kind of what happens there. Yep. Yeah. They've got David Ospina, Taliska. Taliska. Yeah. Brazilian. For what, ben- Benfica, Luis Gustavo, Bubacar, Ronaldo. 
And I think Hegazi, remember him from uh, West Brom fame? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Throwback. Uh-huh. That is the only other name that I recognize on here. But yeah, it's wild. Uh, bold, hot take. I don't think Al Nassar will win the league. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Cody Gakpo and more exciting news. Saw him from the World Cup for the Netherlands. Uh, Kyle's just smirking over there, reading their squad. I think. No, I'm looking uh, at I'm looking at Al Shabab because that's the other really good team oh, in Saudi they, Arabia. Are they, are they stacked? Bef- before we talk about Gakpo, Krikoviak, remember him? Really? Ev- oh, he was playing in Russia, so I would think he wanted to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, Ever Benega. Oh, that's a okay. Sevilla name from okay, the past. Okay, okay, and I'm not noticing anyone else. All right. Uh, continue. Ever Benega. I haven't thought about that name in a while. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't. don't Al Shabab. Al Shabab, go gunning for the title. Yeah. Hey, one of the one of those two teams probably has that Saudi Arabian guy that had the absolute screamer against Argentina. Probably true. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, you know, because they all play for like a lot of them play on the same team. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, Cody Gakpo from PSV. It was rumored to leave Liverpool. Got it done super quickly. I think to the surprise of a lot of people, how quickly it was done. It was always thought he would leave in the winter transfer window, and but go it was to just United like, was what everyone thought. Go to United because of the Ten Hag connection and right. that sort of thing. I think Van Dyke did some selling in that uh, Dutch camp in Doha. It's like, look, you got to come to Liverpool. And now we look at the Liverpool squad. Luis Diaz had a uh, relapse in his injury. So he's out through, I think, like end of March almost. Now. Something like that. I mean, and Diogo Jota is still injured. Jota's as well. coming back. But Doesn't I even mean, have a return date either. Yeah. So you see why they did it because, I mean, they have the talent to get top four, but their riches up front is absolutely crazy. Nunez, I mean, you can count from, you know, and they're kind of. Uh, they have uh, Sala, obviously. Now they have Gakbo. Well, I'm missing a couple. Jota, Jota Diaz. And Diaz. Yeah, those six, right? I mean, I yeah, think. I, think... Like, I mean, Alex Oxley Chamberlain's getting minutes now. Yeah, yeah. Harvey Elliott could play up there, but I think I think the reason why uh, Klopp was like, "Man, I need Gakbo," is he probably watched three or four games with Oxley Chamberlain up top, and he's like, "Nah, man, this isn't it. This isn't it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, very young, exciting player. So we'll see. Um, can kind of do it with both feet. Yeah. Um, strong runner, good in the air. So I'm really excited. I think he's a little raw still, but I mean, obviously was tearing up the Dutch league. So I mean, one of the breakout stars of the World Cup, too, you got to say. I mean, it was him in Holland for most goal involvements in Europe, right? And like Cody Gak, like neck and neck, because he had so many assists oh, really? in the Dutch league. Yeah, he was just absolutely tearing it up mm-hmm. for PSV. I mean, someone had to step up in Mario Goetz's absence and it had to be. I mean, look, buying from the Dutch league, it's always been kind of a crapshoot. I mean, you just get so much more space in the Dutch league. Not Defense isn't quite as like focused on. And we've seen some like huge successes from the Dutch league. And we've seen some big flops from the Dutch league as well, like over the years. So it's like really, I'm really curious which direction it'll go. What I will say though, is watching him and how he plays and his size and like physicality and his all around yep. game. I actually feel like he'll be pretty uh, a good fit for the premier league. And I mean, even if it worst case scenario, it's a flop. It's not like they spent a hundred million on him. Like they got a bargain deal. Yeah. I couldn't believe the price. Not like an Anthony. Like, whew. 
yeah. where they spent a lot of money. And Anthony could still be good. I don't want to, this yeah. is not a shitting on Anthony. It's just the, the fee that they right. paid for Anthony was kind of crazy. A lot of some, uh, there are a lot of crazy fees flying around there, uh, a couple of which we'll go into with some of these rumors. I mean, yeah, this isn't the first name on our little notepad here, but since I mentioned price tag, you got to talk about Enzo Fernandez. Okay. The World breakout Cup winner, the breakout star of the World Cup. Well, one of, but I think one he actually of, won, yeah. won the award, right? Like the, the young golden boy or whatever the hell. What, 21, 22 years old? Uh, or whatever the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he replaced who on the team? I think that's like LaCelso's spot uh, out for out of injury for the whole time. Enzo Fernandez kind of unknown quantity. Benfica bought him for like $8 million this summer. And now over 100 is the price we're seeing. We've seen him linked with um, a whole host of teams, including like United, and then Liverpool was really intense. And lately, it seems like Chelsea is the team the most strongly linked with. And this will be a theme that will recur throughout this segment. Uh, Justin, thoughts? Endo Fernandez. Enzo Fernandez, $100 million. Great player. The price tag that Benfica put on him is kind of crazy. I mean, they're just not budging. They know some stupid team will pay the fee that they have put on his head. And Hundred thirty million is the last figure I saw, which is euros, which is absolutely insane. If you're thinking about spending that much on a midfielder, you're looking at the wrong midfielder to spend that amount of money on. Like, who's, we, who's the midfielder you would spend that money on? You and I, we all know it. It's got to be Jude Bellingham. You know, he's the only one that makes the most sense to spend that amount of money on as a young midfielder. Well, I hope you're right because that would help Dortmund replace him. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, Enzo Fernandez is a great player. I don't know if they're going to be able to agree on a team this winter. I mean, I see him no. leaving probably in the summer just because of the Benfica's made it clear he's not like he's not leaving for less than this amount. Mm-hmm. Enzo doesn't seem that unhappy because he's like posting pictures on Instagram, like attending the Benfica games while this was going on. Yeah. So I think they can talk and agree, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep you to the summer then we can have more serious like longer conversations while we're not playing games at the same time trying yeah. to win things yeah and i feel like that's the right move i mean he only joined uh the beginning of the season too so why why in a I rush mean, they're still gonna get a fat return on him benfica yep. is so and look he yeah. still gets to play in the champions league i mean benfica made it out of that really tough group over juve and don't they have a cheese draw i th- in the champions think... league do they play bruges I think they do play one of the weaker teams wow champions league feels like so long ago i know yeah they played club bruges wow so okay. like they could easily get to the last eight here yeah no kidding so enzo fernandez uh watch the space i think he'll definitely be brought up again in the summer wouldn't expect him to leave one name that definitely does sound like it's going to happen and again same team linked you'll notice the theme this time though this is probably I would say the most exciting transfer rumor out there right now, in my opinion. Zhao Felix, though, Portuguese player, mm. Atletico Madrid, young, has all the sauce in the world, but has been like criminally underutilized for Atletico Madrid. I mean, what a waste of talent to have a player like him go to Atleti with, you know, a manager who just <laughs> would rather play like 10 people in defense. Uh, we've seen him linked with Chelsea, of course, mm-hmm. mostly Chelsea. And Manchester United, I think a little bit with Arsenal, but it pretty much at this point of recording, January 9th, 
sounds like he's going to Chelsea. Right. And some reputable reporters are reporting that as well, like David Ornstein out of England. I think Romano's chimed in on it too, that they're in heavy discussions. The weird thing about this, Kyle, is that they're rumored to loan him with no option to buy and pay a loan fee of 10 mil is the going like like reputable rumor out there, which is really odd. It smells like me. desperation for, for a half season. I get it for a full season. I'm actually a probably be okay with it for a full season because then you can have training camp and all that but half a season i don't know 10 million like i like felix going into the premier league person like selfishly i want to see him in the prem over at letty co but like i don't know kind of a weird deal there it reeks of desperation that's what it is i mean like letty are in a position of power they know these premier league teams are just flush with cash they probably don't need to sell either because Atleti always seems to have one or two really big sales. Um, still probably living off that Griezmann money too from like four or five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think this will happen uh, and I think it will be to Chelsea. It's interesting though, because we were talking about Chelsea's front three. Where does he fit in? Because what Chelsea really need is a striker. They kind of also need a wide forward though. Let's be honest. So, yeah, you know, do they kind of change up their formation a little bit and play him and Havertz up top? I don't know. Mm. I'm just thinking like what they would do. I I don't know. Oh, yeah. But they're they're rumored with everyone under the sun. Their their squad could be different. They could get a striker, another striker. Who knows? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what if they get like you know Marcus Theram for instance, and like they start him There's and another one. Uh, Felix. Yeah, rumored with Chelsea. Surprised. Um. So who knows? Who knows yeah. what that top two looks like? But I think he, they like play in a top two, kind of like what Portugal did in yeah. the World Cup with Ronaldo and then um, name is escaping me, Benfica player. Oh, um, Goncalo Ramos. Yeah, Ramos. Yep. Yeah. Look, I mean, that's something based on what we've seen from Graham Potter over the years and his like inability to one work with strikers, but two like doesn't really prefer strikers. And I mean, Pep yeah. is Pep has always been the same way too. Like Zlatan didn't work out under Pep, but we're seeing it work with Holland, obviously, but I could see Potter. Aguero did, I mean, it was bitch. That's true. It's true. Aguero. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was always this weird tension, but Aguero would go out and score goals. Not like Holland has, but like very, very respectably go and yeah. score goals. Mm-hmm. Gotta love Kuhn. Gotta love Kuhn. Aguero can really chug him, huh? He got super drunk after the World Cup. He was pounding those beers. Dude, I just love how like Sir like Aguero <laughs> was able to be Argentina's like mascot and we had all this access to the locker room and stuff. I'm cool with it, you know. Player Yeah, he does like maybe? Twitch streams. Yeah, right. Yeah. He did like Twitch streams and he said like Messi was pissed at him because he like was too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and like a good because they're like best friends, right? right? So not like seriously mad, but he's like, dude, like get, it, get your crap together. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Marcus Thuram, that's another one. Uh, real quick, yeah. I'll, I'll just say Jao Felix, that's the one that I think is a neutral, even though I'm definitely not a neutral. And I definitely don't like Chelsea. <laughs> that's the one that I think neutral Premier League fans should want to see happen. That would be really exciting. Even though I question how well he could fit the Premier League personally, but who cares? Great player. Marcus Turam, though, we saw him in the World Cup final. He's kind of like this kind of striker, but he also plays out wide. I think Kolomwani actually played striker and Turam out left. Yeah. But he's been playing striker for Munchen Gladbach all season, right? Uh yeah, a lot of a lot of the season. Yeah. Yep. 
good player, six months left on his contract, available for like 12 million pounds, which is like an unbelievable deal. Pretty inconsistent player, though. And would he improve he's, Chelsea? He's, he's streaky. He's streaky. I mean, he, when he's good, he's really good. I mean, I like Taram, but I just feel like Chelsea is too big of a step up. That being said, though, his dad is a legend for the French national team, and he probably has good people around him. So, good player, though. Probably wouldn't uh, start, though. Where else uh, do I want to take this? Uh, so, Ukrainian. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Mudrik? Mudrik, yeah. Mudrik? Uh, Donetsk player. Uh, Donetsk, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, he is rumored quite a bit. He was strongly rumored with Arsenal. He posted a picture on Instagram of watching an Arsenal game on his phone. But Chelsea Football Club is like, hmm. Arsenal wants something. I kind of want that too. Mm-hmm. So Chelsea is now rumored in pole position to sign him just because of the transfer fee and the wages they would provide. So this is a highly coveted talent. Seems to be a promising young player. Not quite proven. Had some good performances in the Champions League for sure. Yeah. But much like the Dutch uh, uh, players that come out of the Dutch side, especially Dutch league, especially young players, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of the Ukrainian league is a wild card, especially all the off the field things going on yeah. out there. Like, who knows what that's, but he looks very talented. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I would be surprised if he goes to Chelsea personally. And I only say that because so. I mean, he is Ukrainian. If he hasn't already left, I mean, that probably like, he probably doesn't mind staying in Ukraine around family more than any non-Ukrainian would right now. But just like, I've seen the stuff on social media that he will pretty openly post of him watching Arsenal games. I know to me, that's pretty telling. And like, I could see him even like not going anywhere in the January transfer window and like going to Arsenal anyway in the summer. But yeah, look, he, uh, I forget who was against, but he scored like many goals in the champions league and had a couple assists and was like a really shining, shining light. He might've scored against Madrid actually. Um, so He'd be a good player. Another Chelsea rumor, although this player, one of the breakout stars of the World Cup, probably will be linked with every team under the sun that has any kind of money. Croatian center back, I think Josko, Josko Gvardiol, dude. Okay. Yeah, Messi's son. Yeah. Yeah. I call him Guardiola. Because <laughs> uh, Gvardiol or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, no, Messi I, made, I said that Messi I, did yeah. become his father. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. why. Yeah. Honestly, though, it's pretty amazing to see a player have such a good tournament, probably the defender of the tournament, and then Messi just like sat him down, and he won't be the first, he won't be the last. So, uh, Guardiola, though, big money, Leipzig center back. I mean, dude is a machine. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the mask, he was dominant at the World Cup. 21 years old i think 20 yeah 20 or 21 yeah i remember watching him play for zagreb against spurs and that terrible europa league 3-0 loss he was playing left back as an 18 year old can't tell you i watched that game oh yeah plus more yeah no 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 (laughs) but has moved into center back since is like perfect for the less center back role if your team plays in a back five quoted at like what 90 million like van dyke money at least he might go 100 yeah i mean this world cup just like confirmed it He's been linked with Spurs and Chelsea for a long time. I've seen City recently as well. I'm sure United will sniff around. So, 
all the big teams will be sniffing around that for sure. I heard Madrid actually has like a pre-contract agreement. That's probably a bunch of full of shit, but I'm sure Madrid will be looking, you know, Hmm. Barca too with their money tree that apparently just is in their front yard. Yeah. I don't know. I think they've sold a lot of their club off to media rights to try and buy all (laughs) these players. So we'll see what their long term is. Who knows what's going on there? Uh, Where else? We mentioned Dumfries yet? No, haven't. Yeah. Yeah. So wing back from the Dutch that absolutely tore the U S apart. Rumored with Chelsea and Spurs. Hey, a Spurs rumor, Kyle. How we feel? Oh, I don't get excited about transfers with Spurs. <laughs> I know better after years and years. Of hey, hey, hey. We had good two good signings last January for Spurs. It's true. You know how rare that is, though? For like any club, let alone Tottenham. Anyway, um, he destroyed United. He, he destroyed USMNT. Like him specifically. Oh, yeah. Like that was a game plan and he executed and just made Jedi Robinson look bang average. That is I mean, it was, it was the whole setup. I think yeah. too, it wasn't just Jedi, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He absolutely tore him apart. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea. I don't know. Do they, I mean, they have Azpilicueta who knows, I think he's going to stay another year, but then they have Reese James, right? Like I don't, do they need Denzel? I don't know. I mean, it's not about a need thing with Chelsea. Right? I mean, no, it's not a need thing with them. But if look, if they keep playing a back five and Reese James is very injury prone, um, yeah. Quetta, I think, would be much better as a right center back. True. I feel like there's a need for both Chelsea and Spurs. I mean, Spurs, just I'm... like any, any drip of quality from the right wing back position would be like <sighs> desperately needed. But, yeah. I mean, Matt Doherty scored the other day, right? I mean, yeah. You know, Dol- so. Dolberto Carlos. <laughs> oh, God. Is that a- <laughs> Did you just make that up on the spot? Or no, I can't that? take credit for that. Oh, no. I was hoping it was because that's uh, uh, I wish. why anyone would ever think that is quite something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we have Valton Veghorst. You might remember him from the legendary uh, Netherlands-Argentina game. Well, that. But yeah, too. Burnley legend. Burnley legend but, yeah. Yep. Also, was that what Bashikas, I think, in Turkey? Yeah. Uh, Kicking out yeah. with Deli Ali, you know. Oh, yeah. I would I want to look up Deli's Ali's stats after the pop. Oh, dude, dude. Uh, it's, it's really sad, actually. Oh, so it's, it's exactly sad. what you would think. Okay. Yeah. Is there a lot of zeros on the board? Probably across the board. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh well, anyway, Val Veghorst, striker. You know, we've heard Ten Hogs say we need a striker, we need a striker, we need a striker, right? I mean, they're playing Rashford crazy on form on the left up top. They have Anthony Martial back from injury now, but they don't have a big striker that they can throw and really change the game plan around like Ten Hog wants. So this is a band-aid solution for sure, but you know, something that he thinks could help them get to the top four. Yeah, it's weird because I'm like Ten Hog, big striker, would that work? But that being said, uh, didn't Ajax have what's his name? Who's on Dortmund now? Who's uh, Holler, yeah, dealing with cancer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sebastian Holler doesn't really seem like a Ten Hog player, but look, say what you want about Veghorst and you know laugh about this rumor all you want. I think he's a pretty decent player. Just saying. I mean, that's why we call him a Burnley legend for hardly being there. It was like a big sign. Where did he come from? Wolfsburg, I think. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, oh, man, Burnley. Whoa. You know, mm-hmm. so he could play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw him two goals at the World Cup. Yeah. Clutch goals, too. One yeah. in like the 120th minute or whatever. Uh, that uh, that set piece goal oh, yeah. off the training ground. Van Hall, baby. Uh, Van Hall, man. What a guy. He'll be missed. Legendary press conferences from that man. 
Oh yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> he had a I couple this world cup. <laughs> like, some crazy. Yeah. Uh who else? Pedro Poro to Spurs. I've also seen Chelsea linked with him yep. as well. Yes. Um, Chelsea and Spurs both need a right wing back. I kid you not, Justin. Literally the only two gettable right wing backs I can think of in the entire world, unless I'm mistaken, are Dumfries and Pedro Poro. Like there isn't a lot of talent in that. I don't know if like yeah, position. right wing backs are super common too. It's not, you know like not like no, a right back wherever. Yeah, but there are a lot of left wing backs out there. But they're you know all the good ones are completely ungettable on great teams like Hakimi and Cancelo, Trent, and Reese James. You're not going to get any of those players. So after them, like who is there? Poro's like well, but yeah, he's yeah. Poro's like the up and coming one who looks a lot more technical. I think Dumfries is just kind of like a physical unit and has got the size and athleticism, but I think he's lacking technically, personally. But Poro, he's got a great cross on him. Look, Chelsea and Spurs would both desperately love any kind of right wing back. So let's hope it happens. Selfishly, Newcastle are rumored with James Madison again. We saw this in the summer. I think coming up more that Leicester is, you know floundering mid-table team newcastle what are they third in the top four yeah, so third. you know james madison can hit them so yeah i think it's it's a rumor that we'll keep seeing i just i don't know i haven't seen much on this though i haven't either recently i see it doesn't like mean january is a lot long month you know a lot of games yeah. we'll see but I don't know what Newcastle. They're going to do something. It's been pretty quiet, honestly. Yeah, uh, since all January. So who knows? But they also came out of nowhere with the whole Alexander Isak goes well. like sixty million, right? Plus on yeah. Isak. So maybe they do something similar. Who knows? Newcastle, interesting. I mean, they're in third right now. Bookmakers have them essentially fifty-fifty on making the top four. I mean, you would yeah. think they would. The owners would be like, "Oh man, you know, you know, Eddie Howe's been." doing an amazing job with the players that we bought for him. Let's yep. let's go for it. I mean, might as well. I mean, I'm curious. We uh, it's step like sidestepping from the transfer rumor chat. Like I think Newcastle and Spurs are the two teams where what they do in January, like will factor in, like will, will be the reason why they don't make or make the top four. I think, I think Newcastle needs to buy someone like I wouldn't rest on your laurels if I'm Newcastle. And I don't think they will. We just haven't seen much no. yet, um, given given their invest. But yeah, totally agree. I mean, there's like three days left of transfer window. There's time. Or sorry, three weeks rather. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Spurs, yeah. I mean, Spurs have been much maligned, not that far beyond behind Newcastle. But you know, I think how they've started games has yeah. just been absolutely awful. Every simple. seemingly every game it has been, and they turned it on. I thought Crystal Palace played a good first half i think against the spurs yeah. spurs and then once they were down spurs are just absolutely counterattacking you know masters but yeah, they're bizarre. starting games how do how do you, there there hasn't there hasn't been Pedro a good, there hasn't been a good first half all season like take it from someone who's watched every game and i'm pretty honest <laughs> as a spurs fan when it's good or bad and well you can't have too bad of a first half against arsenal you're going to get your shit kicked in yeah, seriously being catchy uh, coming what? I'm just kidding. God. I mean, I picked him up in one of my fantasy leagues. Uh, McKenney, Weston McKenney, USMNT, uh, baby. Jinx. Uh, Aston Villa, mm-hmm. potentially. I don't know if he, what do he go to Villa though? It's the thing. Like, I don't, I could see from it. Juve. I don't know. He's like playing for you. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I personally wouldn't, 
I mean, he kind of plays over Rabio. Well, he and Rabio get minutes. I mean, they that's split. yeah, they both do. Yeah. And then I, I don't even remember who else they have in the center. Probably someone really good. I'm forgetting, but yeah, he is getting minutes. But look, if McKenney wants to play in the Premier League and you want a team on an upward trajectory where he'll get a lot of minutes, I bet Villa is a pretty attractive offer. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I bet he'd rather go to Dortmund though. Not gonna lie. Dortmund's rumored with him. We've heard seen Spurs shouts here and there. Not super strong. I don't think anymore. No, I I don't think he would start for Spurs. So, as a USA fan, I want to see him get minutes. Dortmund, I think, would be great. Mm-hmm. Anyone else you want to mention? I know we have a few more names on this list. I don't know if anyone will be leaving during this window, but any besides Taram, who we already talked about, but any other names that you want to talk about? I mean, uh, there are a couple names with six months left under their contract, but one one player I realized I left off, I have seen Eunice Musa's name thrown around a little bit. Mm. Teams like Chelsea and Liverpool, actually. Uh, I don't, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it would happen. Uh, but I mean, clearly people see quality in him. So that's kind of exciting. USA, uh, players, six months left on their contract. We talked about Taram. I think I'm seeing Rabio, Skriniar and DeVry. Skriniar and DeVry, both defenders for Inter. There are probably a lot of other people with their contracts starting out as well. So, Yeah. And remember with the transfer window with our audience for our audience that um, you can agree with a new team with six months left on your contract and just play it out. And then you join them in July. So yeah. it's almost a free train. It's a, it is a free transfer, but you've already, it's kind of a weird deal. I don't think any other sport you can do that. Yeah. But you just agree while you're still playing on the same team. That's, you know, it's a soccer thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd. All right, so let's quickly get into some previews and predictions for the big games upcoming this weekend, none bigger than the Manchester Derby, City versus United. Last time they played, United absolutely got blown apart in the beginning of the season. City put six past them. United had a couple at the end, which is why it was even close. It ended six to three, but it really felt like a six to one game. Could have been more. Sure did. You mentioned pre-pod that United tends to show up against City, which is generally true. Obviously not this past matchup, but generally that is true. You have United playing a lot better now. I mean, on a really good run of form, you have Bruno Fernandes playing decent, Marcus Rashford obviously playing very well, Casemiro playing very well for them, important cog in that midfield. Erickson's been good. Yeah, I mean... Erickson's been good, of course. We can't leave out Christian Erickson, of course. But I'm just saying... <laughs> Luke Shaw, center back with his big titties, you know? Yeah, they're right, milk drugs bouncing around. That's uh, rude. <laughs> I don't I don't see them beating City. I'm sorry. I just I they they've thrived on holding the ball more and really wearing down the other opponent. They can't do that against City. So I just don't know that and they can counterattack pretty well. I just I just think Pep's smart enough to counterattack whatever United threat they could possibly pose. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, well, it's at old Trafford. I mean, that doesn't really seem to make that them. I, I think, <laughs> I think every time United has been the clear underdogs and they've pulled out a result, I think it's been at the empty hat every single time. And I think every time they've, cause they do usually show up against city, but they've also gotten absolutely spanked like three times, four times in the last 10 years. And I think all of those have been at old Trafford. Um, 
or or like most of them. Well, I guess except the one this year. Yeah. Okay, They're this okay. season, the first game, right? Did they already play this season? Yeah, I remember it was like week three when United were still absolute booty. That was the six three game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it'll be interesting. I don't, uh, what I'm most curious about, I, I'm with you in 100%. I think City win this. I think City remind everyone how crazy they are for thinking, uh, for not thinking City are favorites to win the title. I mean, I get it. They're behind Arsenal by a couple points. But I struggle to see how United, this iteration of United playing this style, which is much better. I think Ten Hag has not put a foot wrong his entire tenure so far, is what I would argue. I don't see how they match up against a team that will outpossess them. Like, certainly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Casemiro, though, is meant for these kind of games. It's a big, big difference. I mean, they didn't have him last time they played. Yeah. He wasn't playing. So that is a, it's a big, massive upgrade like, <laughs> versus Scott McTominay, right? right? Massive. But Erling Holland is just destined to destroy United. I think that was why he's been created on this earth is to absolutely put hat tricks past, yeah. you know, David De Gea. So, well, and, and I wonder, like, I don't know how much this factors into Holland's thinking, but like, you know, he did grow up his father's son and he did play for city and he did get his career ended by mm-hmm. Roy Keane, former yep. Manchester United captain. So I wonder if he hates United a little bit more that way. Who knows? Oh, you know, there's a little bit of that always in him. You know, Just, you know, Al Finga will be there in the, in the stands for sure. Watching his dad. Just destined to st- I mean, Phil Foden, Holland, Mares is on good form right now. And then yeah, all the, julian alvarez world cup great for argentina doesn't even make this team you know so yeah he's an fa cup player (laughs) that being said though man city there i i still think they look great this season there have been a couple games where they don't seem at it so they could somehow show up that way in this game i don't expect it to happen though in such a big game i don't see them keeping their eye off taking their eye off the ball um, and mm-hmm. I could even see them starting someone like Kyle Walker to probably with an eye on Rashford coming off the yep. left because Rashford has been in such crazy form right now. Good for him. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, the one slip up they had post break was that draw against Everton at home 1-1 when uh, Demarai Gray scored that absolute screamer. That game was 1.7 to 0.1 XG. I mean, it's all 99 times City win that game with how they played. They just didn't. So, I, I, you know, flukes can happen, but I just don't see any way United control that game in any no. sense of the my imagination. I just no, they'll have, they'll have to be amazing defensively and nick it in on the counter. I, I don't see United being able to outplay City. No way. But City are vulnerable on the counter if you they play are. your cards right. And if you play defensively. So that's why I say a 3-1 win. United do nick one, but I think City too strong in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a prediction? I'm going to go something crazy like 4-2. Ooh. Let's hope so. Another high-scoring game. Look, it better be worth it if I'm going to wake up at 4.30 a.m. on Saturday. Are you going to wake up at 4.30 a.m. on Saturday? I don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) I might wake up at like 5.30 and watch the second half. Depends if I party on Friday night. 
Oh, you know, maybe. Who knows? Mm. Seahawks playoff game that Saturday for you Seattle fans. Ooh, what time? One thirty. That's doable. <laughs> oh yeah, you're fine. Wake up at four thirty, go back to sleep, wake up at ten or whatever. Anyway. Not super early on the morning and Sunday. I think it's a nice 8.30 game Sunday time. It's the North London Derby, Arsenal-Tottenham. What we've been waiting for for a while, I feel like. We've been, you know, a lot of praise on Arsenal. You just sitting there and having to take it and take it and take (laughs) it every week. Yeah. Man, I just... I don't know. I don't know how to call this game. I mean, it's at, uh, I think it's at Tottenham, right? Do do you though? Do you not know how to call this game? <laughs> okay. What do you see? Mr. I know everything. What do we got? What do we, what's happening? Well, I mean, I mean logic, logic will tell you Arsenal is a better team and they'll, they'll beat them. Right. I mean, logic, but logic tends to go out the window with the North Big rivalry games and especially this game. Yeah. 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 As as a neutral, give me your take. I'm really curious. My take is um, Spurs' defense isn't great. Nope. And they are too leaky to pitch a shutout against Arsenal like they did um, against Crystal Palace. Yep. If they play the way they played, as you said, every game this season and not show up in the first half, they're going to be down one or two nil mm-hmm. and be clawing back, which I think is more likely than not. So what I see here, and I, I feel like it hasn't in a while, I see a draw. Mm. I don't, I see Arsenal starting off and playing really good football, Tottenham get one in like the 60th minute. And then it's kind of bonkers after that, whether both teams get a goal or it ends one, one, that's kind of what I'm foreseeing. Yep. Hmm. I mean, look, but at the same time, if they go up two nil, I I think it's over. If Arsenal score two in the first half and it's two zero, I just don't see how. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. All right. I wouldn't go that far because like the proof is in the pudding with Spurs this season. I mean, just with how like up and down they are and their second half performances. That being said, what Ars- I mean, Arsenal this happened against and- Liverpool, right? I mean, Tottenham played really well in November against the second half against Liverpool. Couldn't quite get the equalizer, right? I mean, yep. I mean, uh, look, Arsenal have had the second best defense this season as well. I also think a large part of that is just how much they've dominated games too. And uh, Spurs are totally okay with being dominated in the midfield. Uh, what I will say though, if Spurs have any chance in this game, they will need to have a couple of their players back from injury. That's just period, you know, like Benson core, Kulisevsky, um, and or Charleston need to be ready as options. Um, but yeah, I tend to go with the home side in this fixture or a home side win or a draw because the away team does not. It's been actually a really long time since the away team has won in this fixture. I think like Arsenal won at White Hart Lane in like 2014 or something. And that's the last time it could be maybe Arsenal won one other time like not in the last five, six years, though. It just tends to go that way. I'm going to be lame and sit on the fence and say a draw as well. But I'll say something like 2-2. I'll go I'm for changing it. My, I'm changing my prediction. 
changing. We have a change. Two one Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. <laughs> um, Tottenham have not beaten a big six club all season. No, they haven't. They've been terrible against big six. Terrible. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to say about Spurs anymore. They're Jackal and Hyde. You never know what you're going to get. Arsenal, you're more certain of what you're going to get. So, logic tells you that's what's going to happen. But I will yeah, say Spurs, I, though, they show up when you least expect it, and they don't show up <laughs> when you most expect them to show up. So, like, hey, there we go. In the See, here's the thing. I don't even know what to expect in this game. I don't know if I expect them to show up or ex- because it's a rivalry game, they're biggest, or not to show up because, like, they haven't in the first half all season. It's like a, yeah. it's a brain it's a brain fuck. I don't it, know. The atmosphere is going to be crazy in that stadium, though. True. Like, that, that was probably the craziest atmosphere last season. That or that crazy Goodison game against Chelsea where the Everton fans rushed the field. Those are like the two most wild. So I, I, who knows? It'll be interesting. There will be goals. There are always goals in this fixture. Probably red card or two. Who knows? So how much is Conte, if my prediction holds true, how much is Conte going to bitch when they lose to Arsenal and then they play City next and that, that looms to be another loss? Like how much is like that? I feel like that's going to be some dark clouds. You know, he probably will bitch, but what I'm guarantee you he'll say first is you have to remember last season top four was a miracle. He'll say top finishing fourth place with Tottenham is a miracle, despite Tottenham finishing in the top four for the last six seasons. But whatever, I'll put that to the side. Um (laughs) as a salty Spurs fan, I want to see Conte earn his fucking money and I want to see him set up the team in the right way. Obviously, he's an amazing manager, but this is why he gets paid the big bucks. Let's see it and stop playing Emerson Royale, please. For fuck's sake, stop playing him. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, what did you call him? Doherty Carlos or something? Let's get him out there and see what he Dolberto can do. Doherty Carlos. Baby. <laughs> uh, Tottenham's next four games, Arsenal City, Fulham City. That's not fun. No, it's not good. It's Fulham's away too. So like that, it's just not, it's no. not great, Kyle. They could lose all four of those games. <laughs> they could. They very well could. So what I will say though, of, of all the big teams, I feel like Spurs, well, Arsenal, not away, but Spurs have City's number and it's weird and it defies this logic. Is, this has been true. This is the weirdest thing about Spurs. <laughs> it, it defies logic. And then they tend to do well against Arsenal at home. So I don't know, man. I don't know. And the fact that this is in January is... But look, on the Arsenal side, I mean, what a statement would it be to go to Tottenham, mm-hmm. your hated rivals, and to win away and to jump, that would be 14 points ahead with a game in hand. I mean, pfft. that would be a statement. So that's what Arsenal will be looking to do. But I'm sure Arteta will find a way to cry about something. What? Um, any other fun game? We're not going to cover them, but any other fun games this weekend? I think, uh, Liverpool play Brighton, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Let's see what else we got. Fulham, Chelsea. Oh, that's on Thursday. Well, that, that you know, that'll be, uh, that's this, that's, yeah, that's it's still this match week. Um, I mean, Villa leads could be interesting, smaller game, but yeah, Brighton hosts Liverpool in, in Brighton. That's a good one. Newcastle at home Ooh, to Fulham. That'll be fun. Newcastle, Fulham. It's fun. I see Newcastle kind of dominating the possession of that game, but Fulham can counterattack for sure. Sausage Hattie incoming. 
think Palace does better against United than uh, versus Tottenham? I don't really think so. I no, think Palace kinda... are on a sneaky bad run of form. Yeah, you know, so that'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, Palace play Chelsea this Sunday. That'll be interesting. Oh man, Chelsea. that's a tough run for Palace. Tottenham, Chelsea, then well, I guess Chelsea's not that good. And then against United. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So look, this this is probably the first match week back from the World Cup where it's like, all right, Derby weekend, a lot of big matches. Let's go. Um, I'm excited. Even if it'll be miserable this weekend if Spurs get pounded by Arsenal. Well, I can tell you hundred percent we're gonna be recording next week. For sure, yeah. because we got we've got we're gonna have a lot to cover one way or another. Yeah, who knows? Conte might not even be there. You never know with this man. We've had a lot um, anecdotally or tangent tangentially, I should say. We've had a lot of sackings this year. Yeah, and there are probably going to be a couple more too in the near future. Also, we didn't even talk about that yet. The ramen meter. We'll talk about that next episode because we've we've run okay. run our course here, but. The ramen meter's heating up for a couple of folks here. I wouldn't be surprised if at least one gets sacked next weekend. I'm specifically looking at West Ham. We'll see. Oh, I think big old eyes, like yep, massive eyes, looking at West Ham right now. Hmm. Uh. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it more next week. All right, I think that is it. Uh, 4.30 a.m., set your alarms for Manchester Derby Saturday morning, Pacific time. I will not be up at 4.30. And then 8.30 on a Sunday, I will definitely be watching Arsenal at Tottenham. Great soccer in store. As always, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. We'll be back next week to cover all of the amazing matches. Until then, see you next time.